0: Welcome to the Monday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. My name is Peter Edmiston. Thank you for downloading the podcast and thank you for checking us out throughout a very tough season. Of course, I've been covering the Grizzlies on radio and newspaper, not really TV, maybe occasional TV appearances, but really mostly radio and uh, newspaper and occasional Uh, eh, you know, like once or twice TV, you've seen me on the internet, apparently I do a podcast, so I've been doing this for a while, and uh, this season continues to lumber on, Uh, it cannot end fast enough, but it has not ended yet, the Grizzlies, since the last time we spoke, well, (laughs) one historic thing happened, and we're not going to talk about that much, because I sort of had the internal debate about, do you guys want to hear, if you are a Grizzly fan, do you want to hear about your team losing by a million? It's probably no. Uh, we will sort of talk about it a little bit, but that debacle in uh, Charlotte, I don't really know what else can be said uh, about that. Grizzlies also played a much more competitive game, although a similarly resulted game as well, over the weekend against the Lakers. We'll talk about that a little bit, and we'll start to look ahead to the rest of the season. It was a pretty momentous weekend, for uh, different reasons, though, we'll talk about that coming up because I think now the Grizzlies feel got to feel pretty confident in their ability to at least get a top three spot in the draft lottery coming up uh, in I don't know what about six weeks, seven weeks time. So uh, that that's all on the way here. If you listen to Locked On Grizzlies, well, before we talk about the Laker game, just a, a second to discuss uh, the Charlotte thing. Grizzlies lost by 61 points. Ah, yeah. What do you say? An astonishingly horrendous game. Uh, total embarrassment to the franchise. Yeah, you can tank and you can lose games, but you don't have to lose your dignity. And the Grizzlies did that, unfortunately, in Charlotte. And did without the, the Hornets didn't even have Dwight Howard in the game. Um, it's not even that good of a team, they're not a playoff team themselves. And uh, it was, it was just insanely bad. Uh, the lack of effort, the lack of interest. Reportedly, uh, after the game, according to Ron Tillery of the Commercial Appeal, Grizzlies laughing and joking. You could tell there just wasn't uh, a lot of concern from the players. You could see that no one cared. Getting dropped, getting embarrassed. Very few guys actually cared. Very few guys actually seemed to uh, give a crap that that they were, you know, putting on a historically. Bad performance. So, I mean, if they don't care, it's hard to really get the fans to care that much about what's going on. And honestly, the joke's on them because they'll end up out of the league. Those guys, uh, there's a lot of guys in this, in this Grizzlies roster who are not uh, long term NBA players. And uh, they won't be with efforts like we saw in, in that game. I, I just, I don't know. It was so dispiriting to see. Like, I, I, the whole tank thing. God knows this has been discussed. I don't want to get into it again because we've, we've gone through it. It's been written about. It's been talked about. I've talked about it. You know, you know how it goes. This whole tank thing. You don't have to tank like this. There are other teams who are tanking who have managed to avoid 60-point defeats. There are other teams who are tanking who have managed to at least keep the illusion of giving a crap alive. You don't have to completely embarrass yourself and your franchise, even if you lose. And for the Grizzlies, this whole culture of losing thing, I don't buy into that. Most of the guys that are gonna be long-term contributors to the Grizzlies are not really playing uh, right now, certainly aren't playing featured roles for this team. Very few guys that played significant minutes in that game are going to be long-term Grizzlies, maybe none. Um, So I don't really think it's that big of a deal in terms of like developing a culture. But I do think it's indicative of, you know, what's in that locker room right now. I do think it's indicative of this team having completely given up, uh, just just utterly stopped caring. And, you know, I, 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 you can blame who you want for that. Um, there's not, I mean, ultimately I blame the front office because there's so little talent on this team so little long-term talent on this group that, honestly, like, I mean, who, who can you – you can bench guys and put somebody else in, but, but, but why? What's the point? Who's to, 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 to enforce these time restraints? Who's to enforce these minutes, you know, that the guys are going to get? You could suspend a guy for lack of performance. You could uh, cut a guy. Or, what is – there's just no, like, there's no disciplinary measure there's nothing that J.B. Bickerstaff has to, to use as a disciplinary weapon for this team because they're ultimately just you know, trying to lose games and going through the motions with a bunch of guys who aren't probably going to be on the roster next year, who aren't long-term guys, who don't have a huge future, and they all know that. Everyone kind of knows that. So what are you, you going to do? It's very hard. It's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult situation for, for J.B. Bickerstaff to put himself in and... Uh, you know, he doesn't, I've heard a lot of discussion too about JB and I saw, see, I think it's so silly. I saw some folks say, oh, a loss like that should rule JB out of the full-time job completely. And I think that's ridiculous. His performance in this situation that he's been thrust into, I think JB's done fine. I think JB's done a fine job. But in terms of long-term, you know, will that mean that he's the best candidate long-term for the position? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a different sort of thing. As a steward of this team, given what he has to work with, I think he's done fine. Um, there's not much to work with, and frankly, they want to lose. So again, I don't really understand what the um, what the issue on JB's end would be, other than, I mean, what if he benches like Deontay Davis to play Ivan Rabb, so what? He benches Ivan Rabb to play uh, you know, Jarrell Martin or Jermichael Green or whoever. So what? I mean, what is what is not you you just have this very small, group of people that you have to work with and that's it so if they decide they're not going to play then they're not going to play guys make terrible decisions um and and it kind of carried over too Uh, we'll talk about it here in a moment as we continue on the locked on podcast network Uh, it carried over to Saturday as well I mean obviously the game against the Lakers was better Uh, no Tyreek Evans who continues to miss games he'll miss tonight because of personal reasons as well um so no Tyreek which was a little bit problematic, but a much better effort, I guess, in the game on Saturday. A game that was a sellout, but it was, you know, so much, uh, so many Laker fans in the house. And right, listen, this year, that's fine. I, you're a Grizzly fan right now. You come out, you you are a real trooper because this is the um, the lowest of the low right now. They are just fighting through, just getting through it as best they can. Um, The Grizzlies took a 17-point lead at one point early in this game. You saw the offense moving with crispness, and the Lakers really struggling to defend the interior. But as the game went on, as we've seen so much this year, the Grizzlies just could not keep the energy level up, did not keep the interest level up, struggled to defend themselves, lots of miscommunications. Um, And before you know it, all that great work, all that hard work, the great start, it evaporated in the third quarter, and they end up losing. In the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies shooting 27% in the second half of the game. Uh, Brutal. Brutal to watch, man. And another example of the team that just, they have no offensive capabilities out there. You know, Marc Gasol has, you know, his effort level is probably about 70 or 80% most of the time right now. There's so many miscommunications defensively. Uh, They are just a mess in terms of trying to, get things right, um, and who, who do you count on to really make those shots, you know, especially if Tyreek Evans isn't out there. If the Grizzlies can't drive to the basket, which they couldn't do in the second half because the Lakers basically sold out, tightened up inside the paint and said, you guys make some shots. If the Grizzlies can't get to the basket and either draw fouls or finish, then there's really nothing that they can do. You're going to see a great deal of clanking, Bricking and disastrous offense from the Grizzlies. How about this number? Over the course of this run, the Grizzlies have been one in twenty-three in their last twenty-four games. One in twenty. I mean, that's a staggering number to think of. One in twenty-three in their last twenty-four ball games. One and twenty-three. It's a lot of losing. Over the course of that time, the Grizzlies are shooting. from 15 feet and out. And that's me taking, by the way, that's me taking out anything beyond 30 feet. I'm using Synergy here. We're taking out anything beyond 30 feet. So any heaves, any last second, all that stuff's out of it. So it's actually, uh, that helps the number a little bit. If you leave those in, it gets down below 35. 35 35.6%. No Grizzly player is shooting over 40% individually from 15 feet and outside. Not one. So how do you, I mean, you can't win a game. That's what I mean. The Grizzlies really are in great shape. They will not beat a team the rest of the year that wants to win. The only teams that the Grizzlies can beat are the ones who don't want to win. And you thought, well, maybe the Lakers would fall into that category. Eh, maybe they weren't that bothered. First half, they kind of looked a little shaky. But they came to play in the second half and they cared. And as soon as they started to care, they zoomed right past the Grizzlies. Tonight, same deal. Timberwolves, they want to win. They need to win because of the tightness of the Western Conference playoff situation. So they will win and they will win comfortably. The only thing you have to worry about from a tanking standpoint are the two home games, the final two. Next weekend, Friday, Saturday, Uh, against Sacramento and then Detroit. Actually, Friday, Sunday, excuse me. The 6th and the 8th. Sacramento, Detroit. Both those teams are out of playoff contention. Both those teams are going to be running very low on the give-a-crap meter. Both those teams are going to be ripe for the pickings. And then you have the desire for whatever reason of the Grizzlies wanting to win a couple home games to give the fans something to be happy about? I, I don't know. Uh, so you combine all those factors, I think that could be two home wins to wrap up the season. The other games, I I don't think they have a chance. Uh, it's a lot of road games, which they have not won a road game in forever, and a lot of games um, against teams that are good and who want to win. So those are... You could just chalk those up as L's right about now. So I think the worst case scenario for the Grizzlies is 21 wins. Worst case scenario for the Grizzlies is 21 wins. Best case scenario is probably 19, not winning a single game the rest of the way. Um, So in that sense, they have to be very excited about what happened over the weekend. And what happened over the weekend was the Orlando Magic getting a big win over the Phoenix Suns. These are two teams, of course. One of them had to win, but it was more beneficial for the Grizzlies that the Magic won. That gives them 22 wins on the season, which means I don't think the Grizzlies can really get to 22. I think they're really going to struggle to get to to 22. 21, as I mentioned, I think that's, that's it. So that means, if that's the case, knowing that Atlanta's at 21, and Atlanta, by the way, still plays Orlando later on this week. So that could be a W there. But worst case scenario... The Grizzlies would end up third, and Phoenix, Atlanta, Grizzlies, I think those are going to be your one, two, three, in, in some order, probably Phoenix up first. So all that being said, tremendous for the Grizzlies. If you can lock in at least third, that means the worst you could do if you totally blew the lottery would be sixth. Sixth would be a tremendously disappointing outcome for the Grizzlies based on this year, but it, at least it wouldn't be an abject disaster like, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th, or worse. So there is at least that you protect your downside a little bit. And, I mean, you got to get something out of this season. The season has been such a disaster. You really need to get something out. And that's why I'm so excited about the draft. We are going to talk a lot of draft, a whole lot of draft on the show, as you would expect, as you would hope. I know, God knows we've been talking about it a lot around town, um, just kind of over the course of the season, knowing how the Grizzlies' season was going to go. You, you know, all of us have been watching college basketball and international basketball uh, a little bit differently, knowing that uh, you're going to be scouting, so to speak, on a different level. And already the debates about these guys have been fascinating. And I can't wait to talk a lot more about them over the coming weeks and months. Trey Young is already. Uh, in the draft officially DeAndre Ayton's in the draft officially there's going to be so many more who are going to declare many of them uh, will ultimately end up back in college but a lot of them won't and we are already debating about what, who's best who's you know, There's my opinion on a lot of these guys is different than maybe some of yours and some of the conventional wisdom out there we're going to have some draft people on too to talk about all of that so I'm really excited to turn the page on this season honestly and I know you are too I give the broadcasters a lot of credit uh, on the uh, on the TV side. Pete and Brevin and Fish and uh, Vernon and those guys. It's not easy. Uh, Hasseltine and you know Mike Wallace and Hank McDowell and um, you know EP. All those guys on the on the radio side too. Uh, it, it is it is tough to be a team broadcaster in this kind of a season, and all the people. That are having to carry the water. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's not easy, man, because this season has been absolutely brutal from everybody's perspective, but um, that's it's the way that it is. So um, we have about two weeks or so left, and then that will be that, and we can actually turn the page and, and go into much more interesting things. But for now, there is a game tonight. Uh, we shall see how things go. Tyreek Evans is still not with the team due to a personal matter. It's a family issue, apparently, Uh, I know nothing more than that, so I cannot add any more to it. Uh, Obviously, uh, no one associated with the Grizzlies is necessarily all that pumped to get Tyreek back into action. I'm sure Tyreek is not that pumped. There's really nothing more he can prove from a free agent standpoint. Anything he does in these games is going to be irrelevant to what kind of contract he gets in the offseason, so I would imagine he's uh, just as well off not playing, so there's no rush, whatever this family situation is. Take your time. Get it resolved. Uh, no rush on anybody's part to try to get Tyreek back into action. Uh, we shall see. I do want to give a special note uh, to Andrew Harrison. I think Andrew Harrison, is his of the guys out there, the young guys especially, he seems to care. He seems to care. You know, his competitiveness goes back a long way. He was trash-talking Markel Fultz in the preseason and it turns out that he was prescient about that. Um, he has always played better, I guess, than uh, his stats would probably indicate. He's always been a kind of a gamer type guy. He he just he hits shots that you probably wouldn't expect him to hit. He did that in college. He and his brother both. And, uh, you know, they're, they're used to taking a lot of criticism, and and they've and, and, and understandably so. You know, the Harrisons have gotten a lot of criticism, um, and you know, they're not the best players, and Andrew's not the best player. But I think he, is ju- he has certainly solidified himself as a third point guard in the NBA. And to me, I just like the fact that he seems to care. You know, he seems to get it. Like he, seems to, he seems to be irritated by what's happening. Not a lot of his teammates can say that. Not a lot of guys in that locker room seem to be personally irritated and angered and embarrassed by what's happened, but he seems to be. It seems to affect him, and uh, I think the fans notice that. I certainly notice it. I'm sure you guys do too, and uh, that's one thing that is appreciated. You know, There's not many things you can really take on a positive level from a lot of this, but that's one thing that I've noticed and I think is legit, and I think that's going to keep him on a roster. Uh, I think that's going to keep him around. You can, you can win with a guy like that. He's got his limitations, but that competitiveness, the pride, that kind of thing, that goes a long way. Teammates like to play with guys like that, and I think he's a good example of a guy that's playing a, a little bit better than his talent would indicate, and he's part of a group that can be bigger than the sum of its parts. So um, kudos to Andrew Harrison for that. Again, it's a very low bar this year. It's a very low bar. So he has has exceeded that bar. Kudos to him for that. We'll chat again as we continue this week. And as the season rumbles to a very predictably ugly end, we will talk about it here on the podcast. Get in touch on Twitter, at Peter Edmiston. uh, Or uh, you can email me, pedmiston at gmail.com. And you can go ahead and start sending me draft thoughts too because we are going to compile those and uh, be hitting that extremely hard over the coming weeks and months. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thanks for reviewing. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for being part of the podcast, and we'll talk again later on.